Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Reeves, and my purpose is to help women grow their online businesses, influence, and income with ease. If you're ready to drop the excuses and start showing up as the boss you know you're meant to be, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello, Queen. I'm so happy to have you here for another episode of the Six Figure Influencer Podcast, or possibly your first. So whichever one, I'm just thankful that you have taken the time to hang out with me for a little bit today. Today, I'm going to be answering your questions. Per usual, I took it to the gram and I asked my people that are following me on Instagram what questions they have that they want me to answer here, and I got a lot of really good ones, Um, and quite a few. So I'm going to be breaking up this episode in probably, I think we're going to do two episodes of this, part one and part two. So yeah, lots of great questions. In this episode, we are going to be diving into what do you do when you're losing more followers than you're gaining them? We're going to talk about tips on that. We'll talk about is it okay to have multiple niches when it comes to growing your account on social media or your business on social media? We're going to talk about tips on recycling content, how to stand out from the competition, Um, Should you use a personal Instagram account or a business one? We'll talk about what to do if you are in the beginning phases of your business. Like what are the first things that you should do to get started? Oh, this is a good one. I got a really good question about how hard is too hard when you're hustling. I have lots of thoughts there. And then finally, we are going to end with a really, really juicy one, which has to do with being shadow banned. Is shadow banning really a thing? How do you know if you are shadow banned? What do you do if you're shadow banned? We are getting into it all. I have learned so much researching for a few of these questions, and I'm excited to dive into it all right now. So let's go ahead and get started. So the first question is, I'm doing all of the growth things, but I seem to be losing more followers than gaining them right now. What are your tips? Okay, so first things first, I want you to get into the habit of celebrating people that unfollow you. And that might sound weird. That might sound like an overly positive, like, of course, you're going to tell people to do that. But no, like, here, it actually does make sense whenever you understand why why it's okay for people to unfollow us. Because if you have people following you that maybe they forget to unfollow, like even if they're not into your content and they forget to unfollow you, or maybe they feel like they have to follow you because, I don't know, you're an acquaintance or family or whatever, but they don't truly like the type of things that you post. Maybe they truly just don't vibe with you for whatever reason. If they continue to follow you, that is weighing negatively against you in the algorithm. Okay, so the way that Instagram decides, or any platform for that matter, decides how many people to show your posts or your stories to is based on the level of engagement that you have with your current audience. So if you have 100 followers and 80 of them 
are seeing your stuff and they love you and they engage on your stuff, you have a super, super ridiculously high engagement rate. So Instagram sees that as good. They're going to show your content to more people because they want all of us to stay on the app longer. And they do that by showing all of us the content that we engage with that we want to see. So if you have high engagement, you're going to be shown, your stuff is going to be shown to more people, which means that you're going to get even more engagement, right? So it like starts snowballing. But the opposite of that is also true. So if you have 100 followers and only 20 of them are engaging with you because 80 of them don't really vibe with you and they're not really seeing your stuff yet or whatever then that is going to weigh negatively against you. But let's say that you had 100 followers and for whatever reason, 20 of them decided, you know what, this chick isn't for me, not really my thing, nothing against her, and they unfollow you. So now you have 80 followers and 30 of them are engaged with you. See, like your ratio is a lot better, okay? So I want you to start celebrating when people unfollow you because if they continue following you and they're not going to engage with your stuff, they're hurting you anyway. So they're truly doing you a favor by unfollowing you because that's just going to increase your engagement ratio. Now, another thing I want to say too is Yes, we do want to grow over time. That's really important. We are business owners. We have businesses to run. And the beauty of social media is we can scale our businesses so much faster and easier online than most other businesses. So you totally want to tap into that and take advantage of that for sure. We do want to be growing over time. And you want to be doing things in your business and, you know, this person They said in their question, they said, I'm doing all the growth things. That's good. You want to be doing, quote, growth things, growth strategies from time to time so that you are getting in front of the right people, which are your potential clients and customers. You want to get in front of the right people so that they know that you exist and give them an opportunity to follow you through growth strategies. Awesome. However, something that some people do that they don't realize is they have such an appetite for growth and they, you know, maybe it's from comparison or they've been told that they need to reach this many followers or they want to get the swipe up and, hey, I've been there. I've been guilty of this too. Trust me. And it's good to have that ambition, but where some people go wrong is they spend all their time trying to grow and they stop doing the things that's going to keep their current followers engaged. So two bad things happen when you do that. You're not engaging your followers, so they're not going to be commenting on your stuff, which means that your engagement is going to go down, which means that Instagram is going to show your stuff to even less people. And you're giving your followers an opportunity to start falling in love with somebody else who might sell what it is that you sell, right? So I want you to remember like, yes, we want to grow, but also don't take for granted your current followers. Even if you only have 50 people that are super bought into you, that hang on every word, that comment on your stuff, imagine 50 people buying from you in the next couple weeks or over the next month or 
out of those 50, 10 of them signing on to work with you. It can happen whenever you serve them really well. So I just say all of that to say, celebrate people that you repel because this it's not a bad thing. It truly does help you from a numbers and engagement perspective. And if they don't want to follow you, fine. You don't want them following you anyway. Don't take for granted the people that are there. Okay, now that we've covered those things, do the growth practices and the growth strategies that are actually working. Personally, I am not doing anything for growth right now, but I am growing on average about 100 people a day. And I'm not doing anything for growth right now. How is that so? Because of Instagram Reels. This is still happening. And it kind of slowed down a little bit because I wasn't, like I I missed um, a few days last week, but then I kicked it back up this week. And my Reels are performing really well. And now I'm getting about 100 followers a day from the Reels that that I've just posted over the past few days. That is all that I'm doing for growth actively. And I know that I've talked about Reels before and I'm going to keep talking about it until I'm blue in the face because they really are working. And if you've made some Reels and you're not seeing that, and by the way, please understand, I get it. Like I have a really good size audience and it lends to my social proof, which means that people see my my audience size and they assume that I'm somebody, quote, worthy of following, which is hilarious, but it's it's totally human nature on social media. So I understand that my audience helps my level of growth for sure. Um, So if you, even if you are making really, really good reels and you're getting good engagement, but you have a smaller audience, you might not be seeing that same level of growth. And that's why. So don't, don't think that your reels aren't as good as my, I'm not saying that my reels are like so amazing because I'm getting over a hundred. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying the reels and the engagement coupled with my current audience size is working really well for me. Now, you may not be growing 100 followers a day from your reels, but what if you grew 10 followers a day from your reels? That's totally plausible, no matter what size audience you have. That's good growth. If they're the right people, which if you make reels that are targeted for your ideal client, you'll be growing with the right people. So I just say this to say like, it can be that easy. And the cool thing about that is that's not like a a random thing you have to do in addition to your content. Like that is your content and it's a growth strategy. It's the same thing. You're actually killing two birds with one stone there. Because before, before we had anything on Instagram that was converting as well as reels were, you would have to create your content and then do something, spend time going and targeting people or doing story takeovers, right? Like it would be an additional thing. Now it's, it's you know, the gift that keeps on giving. It's your content and it's a growth strategy all in one. So please, 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 even if you've done a reel or a few reels and they're not performing at the level that 
you want them to or you think they should, keep at it because you will get better. Go see what other people are doing that are getting really engagement on really good engagement on their reels. How can you emulate that? I don't mean copy the idea unless you're piggybacking off of the the um the trend, which is what you should do and put your own spin on it, that's totally fine. But go see what other people are doing. How's their quality? How's their lighting? Like quality of video. How's their lighting? How are their captions? I see sometimes people come to me and they say, Allie, my reels aren't getting a lot of engagement. And I'll go look at their reels and they post a video where they're lip syncing, but the lip syncing isn't even close to aligned. And they'll be like, oh, well, I got tired of spending time on it. That's crappy content. Somebody needs to hear this right now. Get it right. <laughs> if you're going to post it, get it right. Spend the time. There are times where I have to re-record. If I'm lip syncing something, I might have to re-record it 10 plus times to get the lip syncing right because that's the whole point. It's the point. If you don't get that right, it's not going to hit. People aren't going to find it funny. It's going to be kind of weird. And then it's going to get poor engagement. So anyway, anyway, that's all I'm saying. Okay, so it's okay to lose followers. Totally, totally fine. No big deal. But focus on creating that good content. Focus on serving your people really, really well because that is going to serve your audience now. Those people are warm. They're ready. They're watching you. They're ready, possibly ready to buy. So don't ignore them by going to find a bunch of cold leads and take advantage of what is working now. And right now that are, those are reels. But if you're going to do them, know that it's going to take a little bit of time. But the ROI, I can tell you right now as somebody who, there's really no way to figure out money-wise, like the ROI in terms of revenue that I've gotten from Reels, but I would be willing to bet I have earned thousands of dollars in extra revenue from my Reels, easily. From new people finding me from Reels and converting, from people that maybe were already following me that weren't so, that weren't really vibing with my content or maybe weren't seeing my content before Reels, now that are, now that are warm and have bought from me, all from Reels, okay? So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking about Reels now, but y'all, they're working. Okay, next question. Can I have multiple niches? And she gave some examples like healthy living, thrift clothes, and realtor stuff. So I, I, I assume she's a realtor and she's basically won, wondering, in addition to educating people on things related to buying and selling a home or, you know, whatever her area is in real estate, can she also talk about thrift clothes and healthy living? Absolutely. Please do. And how I call, like what I call those things, I don't think of those, I mean, I guess like technically they are niches, but what I call those are brand facets. 
And everybody should figure out what their brand facets are. So I always say like you are the center of your brand just because you're a real estate agent or you maybe own a boutique or you sell skincare or whatever it is that that is your business, that does not mean that that is the center of your brand. You, and when we're talking about your social media, you are the center of your brand. People don't care about your business as much as you do. They are going to be buying from you because of you. Because they can go find that same product from somebody else. But the reason why somebody's going to buy from you is because of you. So you are the center of your brand. And then you have brand facets. So it sounds like, this chick's brand facets are thrifting clothes and healthy living. And maybe a couple, maybe she's a mom and that's one of her, like family is a brand facet too or whatever. And I always say your brand facets are things that you can't help but talk about on social media. They're just such a large part of your life that you can't not talk about them. So like your family or for me, my brand facets are obviously my business and this type of content, um, personal development and healthy ish, (laughs) healthy ish lifestyle. Those are my brand facets. So you do want to get clear on what those are because this is what balances out your content. This is also what helps you separate yourself from competition. So instead of just only talking about real estate, you're talking about other subjects that are going to help you keep certain audience members engaged. And you do want to consider who your ideal client is too. All right. So if your ideal client is a woman at a certain level of income that possibly would be buying or selling a home at some point in the future, then you do want to ask yourself, okay, are these brand facets, are these other things that I'm talking about something that would hold her interest? Would she be interested in hearing about thrifting clothes? Would she be interested in in healthy living? If the answer is yes, awesome. Then you can mix in the real estate stuff with those other two things and it's going to keep her engaged probably more than if you were only talking about real estate stuff. And I can use myself as an example here. We recently, well, not recently, you know, earlier this year, late last year, we were using real estate agents whenever we were trying to sell our home or actually we were thinking about selling our home. We ended up running it and then building the home that we have now. And there were a lot of things that we needed to learn about real estate. And I'm sure if I was following an account that was sharing good easy to digest tips and tricks, I would have really enjoyed following that account because I needed it at the time. But as we know, not everybody needs those real estate tips, right? So if that's, you know, it might be like a small period in their time where they're looking to buy or sell. So if there's an account where that's all they post, then they're going to, as somebody who's a potential buyer or seller, they're going to lose me because I'm not as into real estate as that person or some other people who might be in that field. And I'm your, possibly your ideal client. So if you were to talk about other things in addition to real estate, maybe in your stories or whatever, then you're more likely to hold my attention with those other things. You can mix in the real estate tips. So I'm catching those two and I'm like, wow, she's super knowledgeable when it comes to real estate. So all the while, you're building this rapport with me, you're educating me, and then next time, 
when we go to buy our next home or whatever, I think of you first because you've been serving me over time with not just the real estate stuff, but the thrifting and the healthy living. So that was a really long way of saying, yes, you can have multiple niches. I call them brand facets. You do want them to be complimentary and you do want to consider your ideal client um, when choosing those. All right, next question. What are your tips on recycling old content? Is that okay? Oh my gosh, it is not only okay, it is absolutely critical and necessary. You must repurpose old content. Or I guess a better way to say that is you should. Some people I'm sure don't, but they're making their job a lot harder. Yes, that is one of my favorite time-saving, insanity-saving tips is repurposing. And because think about it. Again, using myself as an example here, I've been in this business now for three years. If you go scroll through my Instagram, you can find hundreds, hundreds, if, if not thousands of tips and nuggets of information that I have shared over the course of time, many of which are still relevant today. So if I was just trying to make brand new content all the time, eventually I'm going to run out. I mean, there's always things to talk about for sure. So that's a limiting belief. You're never going to run out of things to talk about. But let's say I want to go on vacation next week and I need content ideas or I want to start planning out my content more ahead so I can focus on other projects. Instead of trying to reinvent the wheel for 30 days worth of content or however long I need to, why not dip into this vast well of things that I've already created that are what you would call evergreen, which means that they're still relevant and they'll be ready. They'll be relevant for sometimes forever or for long periods of time. So yes, please recycle old content. What that can look like is literally posting the same exact thing again, maybe a few months after you posted it the first time. Or what I like to do is kind of move things around a little bit. So maybe it would make more sense to reword some things now that you're posting it now. Um, maybe use a different picture or use that caption with a reel since, again, reels are working really well. Or Right, like you don't, ha it doesn't mean you just have to copy and paste and do the exact same thing. You can use parts of a caption and, and add on to it, or again, rearrange it, or use the same caption with a new image or a new video, or use the same video or same image with a different caption. There are dozens of different ways that you can do this, but it is, it is so helpful, and I encourage you to do that. Also, for my business owners who can afford this and who are at the phase where they can afford this, this is a great job to pass off to an intern or a VA or some team member. Like, hey, go through my Instagram and, and bring me back 10 posts that we can repurpose over the course of the next couple weeks or whatever. Or I'm sure you can find even more than that. Give them the task to go through and repurpose some content. That's a great a great task to delegate to a team member. All right, next question. How to stand out from competition other than having your own style and different offers? 
So first thing, be yourself. You are your differentiator. That's that's another reason why I say you want to make yourself the center of your brand because as cliche as it sounds, nobody else is you. And that's people say that because it's true and it's so it sounds so simplistic, but when you really think about it, that that's your differentiator. Like nobody else talks like me, nobody else thinks the way that I do. Nobody else explains things the way that I explain things. And there are some people out there who God knows why, but I'm super thankful, but they prefer the way I explain something versus one of my competitors. And I'm really, really thankful for that. So first thing, as cliche as this might sound, be yourself practice being more of yourself. And that is a major tip because who, and this is something that I've, I'm still working on to this day. When you're building a presence online, for some people, myself majorly included here, it's not that sometimes it's a little difficult to quote, be yourself because I think the reason why is because there's so much competition. There's so much noise. There are so many people who are already doing what you do or maybe are doing it. You might think that they're doing it better or they have like more success. So then naturally you're like, okay, I need to be like that. I should be more like that. Or you're afraid like I'm too quirky or I'm too abrasive or whatever. And you think that you're going to turn people off. So it's very natural to to try and be like other people online for all of those reasons. But eventually what's going to happen is you're going to grow really tired of that and eventually your true self will come out. It will. It's impossible not to. So, if you as somebody who's been there, done that and who is being getting better at being myself and really just showing up as who I am as a person, whether you like it or not, and just accepting it. As somebody who's who's here going through this right now, my advice to you is try and get to that place faster. Just you're better off like just showing up as you are because you're gonna get you're gonna do that anyway eventually, and then it's gonna throw off your followers and they're gonna be like, wait, what? <laughs> so you might as well start now. That is your biggest differentiator is yourself. Now, that aside, you do want to, depending on where you're at in your business, how new you are to this space, you do want to get a feel for what's working right? You do want to see in a way like, okay, what, like if you've never created an offer before, let's say you're an up and coming coach and you've never coached before and you don't know what type of offer to put together. You do want to do a little bit of research and see what other coaches are doing or maybe hire a coach and see how they host a mastermind or how they host a group program because all of this is going to give you more experience and more knowledge that you can then apply to your own business. So it's good to do that, um, especially in the beginning to get some ideas and just to educate yourself. But then after that point, my advice is to put your blinders up. And I don't know if other people say this. <laughs> I don't know if other people think this is good advice or bad advice, but I only share this because this is actually what I do. I do not 
follow or pay attention to any competition. I follow competition for sure, um, but most of them are muted. I do not immerse myself in competitors' content, and very, very rarely do I look at competitors' offers or things that they're doing because I do not want it to affect or to throw me off my path. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed. I know what my goals are. I know and I'm learning every day through conversations with you, through your questions, and through coaching. I know what my people need, and I don't want to be constantly bombarded with all of this messaging from people who might be doing it differently or might be doing it the same for that to throw me off because it's so easy to be thrown off, and it's so easy to compare yourself and think, oh man, should I be doing it that way? Should I raise my prices? Should I lower my prices, right? Like again, in the beginning, get an idea. You wanna have an idea of like what people are charging and things like that and you know, some offer ideas. But then after that, I don't care because what I'm doing is working. I love what I'm doing and I just don't need, like I got enough to think about. I have enough to think about. I have enough people to care for. I don't need to be spending any, or not spending, I don't need to be wasting any energy on comparing myself to any kind of competitors or run the risk of maybe sounding too much like one or being tempted to use one of their ideas or anything like that. Like I got my own ideas. I got it. And so do you. You have within you, a wealth of knowledge and ideas and creativity, and you are meant to put that to use and out into the world for a reason. So if you're not tapping into that well that you have inside of yourself and you're looking externally at other people, you might put out some things and some might work, some won't, but that's not what you're supposed to be doing. And I truly, truly believe that. So I'm a big believer in... um, and putting up those blinders and just trusting that you're going to stand out to the right people and they're going to come to you because you are yourself and you're doing what you feel inspired to do and what your ideal clients and customers actually need from you. And you want to have a pulse on that. You know, you want to be getting, if you don't have clients yet, then maybe, maybe take on a few complimentary to get the experience, to ask the questions I get all of my best ideas from my clients. I actually just got an idea for an offer from one of my my intensive clients. She was like, hey, now that we're, you know, out of time working, like we're just wrapping up our time working together, do you have this? Is there another way to work with you? I was like, no, I don't. But hey, now I do. (laughs) I get all my best client um, ideas from my clients and you can too. So anyway, that is my two cents on how to stand out from the competition. Don't try so hard to do it. I think that's another tip. Like, don't be like, ooh, I I need to stand out. What can I do to stand out? Because then you're just going to be forcing it and it might come off as inauthentic. You are plenty different. You stand out enough. Just can you show up as yourself and then focus on doing what you need to do for your business without, you know, falling into the comparison trap. All right. The next question is, 
Should I use a personal Instagram account or a business account? If you have a business on Instagram or you are going the influencer route, and if you're listening to this or if you ask that question, you probably do. So my answer is definitely a business account or a creator account, either or. A personal account is for people who are not using Instagram for business purposes. You don't get the call to actions that we do. So if you want people to book a call with you or to call you or to whatever, like a business account and creator account gets more call to actions. You can run ads. Um, I would say like the best part of a creator or a business account is your access to your insights, which are your analytics. So you can keep a pulse on how your content is performing and your growth and all of those things. This is important um, as a business owner and as an influencer for future brand deals. And then of course, just to make sure that what you're creating is resonating with your people. And, you know, I think, what is it with swipe up? I think you can only have swipe up if you are a business account, right? I can't remember. It's been so long since I've talked about that. So yeah, long story short, if you're a business, definitely switch to either a business or a creator. Now the differences between a business account and a creator, this is where it gets a little confusing. They are very, very, very similar. However, if you look online, you will see some websites saying that you can't run ads with a business account and you cannot use Instagram planning apps like later or plainly, which I love, right? Like you can't schedule out posts if you don't have a business account. If you just have a a creator, you can't do those things. However, here's why this is confusing and frustrating for me to talk about. I have a creator account. I can run ads. I'm currently running ads and I use plainly. And I don't know if it's because only some accounts can do that, or maybe Instagram has switched it recently to where it's not, you know, everybody can do that. Or if it's because I had a business account prior, like before creator account was ever a thing, I had a business account and then I switched. And so I had a business account whenever I created a Planoly account um, and I was, I had the ability to run ads and then um, just because I had a business account and then creator account came, I switched to creator and I still was able to have all of those features. I don't know. So this is where it gets a little confusing. So I wish I could say, hey, here are the actual difference between a creator. Here are the actual differences between a business. You all can do your own research on that. I personally love a creator account. I love that I can share my my Instagram stories to my personal Facebook page. That's another thing that you can do with a creator versus a business. So I'm all about the creator account. But if you get the creator account and you really want to schedule content, but you can't make a Planoly page or whatever because you don't have a business, then maybe consider switching to business. But other than that, just pick one business or creator at that point doesn't matter, but I do recommend you having the access to insights. All right, moving on to our next question. What if you are still in the planning phase of your online business? Where do you even begin? So 
the first thing that you want to do is you want to get clear on at least like what what your niche will be, which you probably know. You know, okay, I'm going to be a health coach or I'm going to sell this type of product or I'm going to, you know, like you, you know the direction and the niche that your business is going to be in. So if you know that, then you can also get clear on who your ideal client is. So go ahead and do those things. Fill out an ideal client profile, which is simply like, what are details about your ideal client? Is it a man? Is it a woman? What is their age range? Um, do they live in a specific geographic area? Do they make a certain level of income? What what types of Instagram accounts are they following? What types of content holds their attention? Get really clear on that ideal client because and your niche because you should start building an audience immediately. Do not wait. Do not make the mistake of waiting until you have something to sell to build your audience because building an audience takes time. And furthermore, building credibility and trust with that audience takes some time and effort. So if you wait till you have something to sell and then you start growing the audience and then you try and sell to them, girl, they don't know you yet. They're not going to buy from you. So it's going to be a tough time, but you can start now. I don't care if you're not planning on launching your product or service until 2022. Start yesterday in building an audience and serving them with free content right now. Start growing an email list right now. Um, go back and listen to last week's episode, whatever number that is. Episode 89, I dive into all things email lists and how to like which CRM to choose, how to start growing your list, how to set up a landing page and an automation. Um, I dive into all that in episode 89, but you need to start growing that list um, and growing your audience now. Create a freebie for them. Start creating posts and reels. Start setting yourself up as the expert in whatever niche you're about to go into right now. You do not need something to sell to start doing that. Even if you don't consider yourself an expert, clearly if you're about to start a business in that area, you have something to lend to it. So start sharing that free value right now. This is one of the best decisions that I made in my business. Whenever I first shifted, when I shifted from social media management to, to coaching women, I didn't have an offer for about 10 months. I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't know if I was going to do one-on-one coaching. I didn't know if I was going to create a course. Or actually, I did know I was going to create a course, but I had to create it. And it took me for freaking forever. So I shifted my business and I announced myself as a mentor for women wanting to grow their businesses via social media. I did that in December or January. And then I didn't have a paid offer until September. So about nine months. But I didn't just like sit around and doodle or sit around and create that offer. I showed up. I was doing stories. I used to do something called Mompreneur Mondays where every Monday I would like talk about a talk, basically a podcast, but on stories. <laughs> Whoever remembers that, please let me know because it's so funny to think about. But I was giving free value as much as I possibly could. And by the time I was ready to sell, people were so excited. They were so ready for me to put out that offer. 
And I'm just really thankful that I did that because it allowed me to get a few, few decent sales right out the gate, which was really nice. And it fueled me and excited me to continue with the business. And, and, you know, got me to where I am today. So please, that is the first thing that I would recommend that you do. Start now um, growing that audience and that email list and setting yourself up as an expert. The next question is, how hard is too hard when you are hustling? You are hustling too hard when you start negatively affecting your health that can be mental or physical health, and your important relationships. Now, depending where you're at in your business, there are times and there are seasons in business where a certain level of sacrifice is required or you know necessary for, for a period of time. There are busier seasons um, especially if you have multiple businesses, which I know the person who submitted this question, you know, she has a full-time job and she has a side hustle. So I can imagine, you know, she's burning the candle on both ends, but growing your business, it should never come at the expense of your health ever. And if it is, it's time to press pause. It's time to slow down and it's time to reevaluate. Okay, what what are areas in my life that I can simplify, that I can make easier, that I can work smarter, not harder? So in the beginning of this business that I'm in right now, Cruz was tiny. He was just a few months old. He was never sleeping and I was growing this business in the mornings, in the evenings, and then during nap time hustle. So not only was I getting very little sleep, but I certainly wasn't working out the way that I should have. And I was, instead of resting in the time that I could rest, I was growing my business. That's all I wanted to do. And I'm thankful for that. But it came to a point, it was like a breaking point. And I share this in one of my podcasts. Hold on, I'll get the number for you. Oh my gosh, episode number three. Episode number three, up-leveling without the sabotage. If you want to hear this story, I share about how I was up-leveling in my business. You know, I was growing, but I was burning the candle on both ends and then trying to do everything else that I would normally do. So what that looked like for me at the time was clean the house. Um, I don't know, be there for friends. I, I don't even remember, like so many other, I was trying to do it all. And it got to the point where I had this breakdown and I, I was like, I can't do this. I was so exhausted. I was so frustrated. I was not healthy. And it was, you know, you had, I had to make a decision. Something had to go. Something had to come off my plate. And for me, that would have never been my business in a million years. So that wasn't coming off the plate. I was already working at it in the lowest levels of possible in terms of time. You know, I was only working on it a few hours. Like I couldn't stop, you know, take an hour away. I only had an hour to work on it basically. So what it looked like for me is that was when we hired house cleaners because 
I was working through the week. I was taking care of crews. And then on the weekends when I should have been relaxing, I was cleaning the house. Because unless the house is clean, I'm one of those special people that can't relax. So basically in every moment that I should have been relaxing, I was either working or I was cleaning. So again, like what it looked like for me is, okay, what is one thing I can take off my plate? And it was hiring a house cleaner. And it was really nerve wracking at the time because at the time I was making very little business or very little money in my business. Chris was making much less. I mean, we were, we were in completely different situations than we are now, but we had, I had to have a come to Jesus with him. I was like, I need this. We need this. And we started with a cleaner every other week. And I know that it might sound crazy, but that was such a catalyst for me because being able to rest and have that peace of mind allowed me to show up better in my business and keep going versus trying to do it all and produce faster results. And my business has grown exponentially And guess how many times we have cleaners come now? Twice a week. I have somebody come twice a week to clean this house. And it is one of the best investments that I make. And to me, that is a business (laughs) investment because it allows me to show up better in my business. So that's just an example. And for you, it might look like something else. Um, For you, it might look like... I don't know, delegating, you know, asking for more help from your spouse, or it might look like hiring a VA, like another very parallel example to house cleaners is hiring a VA. Oftentimes we think we're the only people who can do the things in our business at the level. And that's just wrong. When in reality, you are wasting your time, which means that you are wasting your money. If you are doing things in your business that somebody else could be doing maybe more efficiently or faster or for certainly less money than what it's costing for you to do them, then you're doing yourself and your business a disservice. So that could be another way that you can take something off of your plate. And the last thing that I'm going to say here is try and shift to more of an abundance mindset versus lack. Because I know that it's easy, again, to compare yourself and think that you should be at this level by now. You should have this many followers. You should have this level of interaction. And because of that, you think, okay, well, maybe if I do more, then I will start achieving that level of results. I got to do more, 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 more. When in reality, it's often the quality of the things that you're doing. Look at what you're doing. How can you make them better? How can you do less action to produce more results? What this looks like is maybe instead of posting more on Instagram, posting less but with better content. And what I mean by shifting from abundance to shifting to abundance from a lack mentality is instead of telling yourself that you have to hustle harder. Otherwise, you're not going to get somewhere faster. Shift to the things that I do are going to produce the results that are meant. Like I'm in perfect timing is a better way to say it. My business growth is in perfect timing. Show up, do the right things, but take a breath. 
Your business success should not come at the expense of your mental, physical health or your relationships, the most important relationships in your life ever. That's not how this, how God, the universe designed this. You are meant for success, but not at the expense of the things that are most important to you, which should be your health and your, your relationships with your family. So if you find yourself thinking the thoughts of I have to do more, more, I have to hustle harder, shift to I have plenty of time. I just need to do the right things. And then it's all in God's timing. It's all in the universe's timing, you know, whatever you believe in. You will get there a lot faster when you're healthy and when your home is happy than when you're unhealthy or your relationships are falling apart. So remember that if you need to delegate some other things in your life or some things in your business, take things off of your plate so you can show up as a better business owner, then that's good too. And I can guarantee you, pretty probably everybody listening right now can do that. Even if you start like I did at a cleaner every other week or a VA for two hours a week, you can do that. You can find that money. You can. Or actually, a better way to say that is you will create that money. Once you start saving those hours and you create more energy for yourself and more abundance of time and relaxation for yourself, you will then go and create that money to not only pay for that VA or that house cleaner and other things you need, but probably more later on in the future. That is how it's played out for me. That's how it plays out for pretty much everybody that finally takes that leap. So be kind to yourself. You got this. And finally, the last question that we are going to talk about today is how do you handle being shadow banned? This is such a good one. I, okay. Okay. So initially my first thought was Instagram doesn't shadow ban. They've come out and they've said this, but then I was like, you know what? I bet that's some baloney. <laughs> so I did some digging. I did some research and I found lots and lots of information. So first and foremost, Instagram has come out and has said that they do not shadow ban. That is not a thing. However, they don't have to tell us that it's a thing. They don't tell us how the algorithm works and they're sure as heck not going to tell us if they shadow ban because that's just going to piss a lot of people off and it's just going to cause like a whole thing. So just because they say something doesn't mean that this is, that that's the gospel. Now, according to some articles that I found online, there have been reports that internally they have come out and have talked about like, yes, shadow banning is a thing. And what they mean by shadow banning, like what that even means is that your account will not show up in people's timelines. They will like have to go search out your account to see your content. So you just won't be showing up high and basically in anybody's algorithm or in some very severe cases, people won't even be able to search you. That's like a severe shadow ban. So for when I can understand, there's like different levels of shadow ban. Um, another way that, that the shadow ban could affect you is your posts aren't showing up for hashtags. Like, and, and if you were to search your posts and hashtags, you'll be able to find them. 
But if your friends or somebody random were to search a hashtag, they, then your content wouldn't show up. So that's one way the shadow ban can affect you. Um, and then again, like another way is you won't be showing up in your friends or your followers' feeds. And then the most severe way from what I have heard is even if people search your name, you will not show up. You'll still have an account, but for a certain period of time, people cannot find you unless they're already following you. And then they can go to their followers or who they're following and then find your account that way. But like new people would not be able to follow, find you. Kind of crazy, right? So, okay. I think what we need to hear right now is that there's a lot of hearsay. There's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of speculation as to why Instagram shadow bans certain accounts. All right. But I feel like most people here, the reason why you might be shadow banned or you might get shadow banned can be boiled down to two main things. One, you keep using banned hashtags or you're using like the same hashtags over and over and over again. And I've shared this so many times. This is why I created hashtag like a boss. Okay. Your hashtags really do matter. And yes, if you use them inappropriately or you use the wrong ones, you can get shadow banned. You can get a slap on the wrist from Instagram, which is going to result in less reach and reaching less of your people. So if you need help with your hashtags, please take my hashtag like a boss. All right. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It is like an hour long. It is going to be worth it for your business. I promise you. Anyway. Okay. That's a big reason why you might get shadow banned or you might be shadow banned if your hashtags are wrong or you're using them inappropriately. The second way is if you are doing super spammy behavior. So Instagram and their algorithm, they're geniuses, right? Like they know if you are using a bot to grow your account or a bot to interact with your followers or like do following, unfollowing for you, or send automatic automated messages. Instagram does not like that. And if they see this type of behavior on your account, they're going to shadow ban you. So if you are using any kind of account to help you grow or to help you engage, it's probably best to cancel them forever or for at least a period of time to see if that helps. And it's probably not going to work immediately. Also, be sure that they do not still have access to your account. So if you log into your Instagram and you go into your, if you log into your Instagram on the computer and you go into your settings, there is a button that will be called apps and websites. And that's basically going to show you any third party apps that have access to your account. So an example would be like, I use Planoly and Planoly is linked to my Instagram account so that I can plan out content. Planoly is an approved third party app. So that's cool. No big deal. But I share this because if you are using a growth service, if you are using some sort of bot or something to, to help you engage or grow, no, no judgment. I've used growth services before, um, but cancel them and then make sure that you remove their access to your account because Instagram, of course, can see this and will know and might hold you shadow banned for longer, even after that spammy type behavior 
subsides. Oh, and one more thing I want to say about hashtags. You've got to pay attention to the hashtags that you're using and, um, and the ones that you have on your list. I'm actually kind of mind blown some of the hashtags that are banned. And again, if you use a banned hashtag, if you use it once, it's not going to be a huge deal. Now, Instagram is going to hide that post from all of those hashtags on that post. The problem is, is if you keep using it. So if you have this hashtag on a list and you keep using it, that is when Instagram might shadow ban you. So this is why you want to keep a good pulse on your list. But there are a lot of hashtags out there that are banned that you would never think are banned. Let me just give you some examples, okay? Hashtag Snapchat, push-ups, alone, brain, boho, costumes, curvy girls, desk, DM, date, dating, elevator, iPhone-graphy, iPhone-graphy, Kansas, random, <laughs> kissing, Models, must follow, petite, shower, Skype, snowstorm, so pretty, stranger, swole, teens, tan lines, Valentine's Day, and workflow. So, I mean, there are a lot more on the list that are a lot more obvious, like hashtag undies is banned, no surprise there. But a lot of those like elevator, what? <laughs> Push-ups? All right, so you do wanna keep an eye on these. And how you know if a hashtag is banned is if you search one and no posts show up. So if you go and search any of those hashtags, you'll see that no posts are gonna show up at all, maybe one or two. Or there might be a disclaimer that basically says Instagram is hiding a lot of this content because, because users have reported blah, blah, blah. Like you'll see a disclaimer. Um, but if it shows up like normal, if you see a bunch of posts under a hashtag and then you can see recent and, um, top, I think is the other category that's up there now, then you're good to go. So this is something that just keep an eye on, um, do your own research. You can look up banned hashtags, but then don't just trust that, like go and look and make sure that one is actually banned. And another way that you can do this is if you make a post and you have access to your analytics. So this is another reason why you want a business or a creator account. And you look at the analytics for that post after a few hours, then you should have a number for reach next to the hashtag category. So under reach, there will be categories for how your post was discovered. And you should have a category under there for hashtags. And that number should be at least in the hundreds. And if there's nothing there that tells you that one of your hashtags or more is banned. So then you need to go to that list and you need to figure out what it is and delete it from all of your lists. All right. Now, if you are worried that you might be shadow banned, what you can do is one, have one of your friends or maybe somebody who isn't following you that might be better to go search your name in Instagram and make sure that your name comes up. So they would search your actual name or whatever your handle is or whatever your whatever's under your Instagram name. Um, have them search you. If you come up, great. 
Also, that's not the only thing you want to check. You want to make a post using ha- using some hashtags. Um, have like a few ready to go in different populations, maybe like a smaller population so you're easy to find, and then some larger populations, like maybe in the hundreds and thousands and then hundreds and thousands. Use a few hashtags and then have somebody who is following you or who isn't following you. I don't think that part matters. Have them go to those hashtags and see if they can find your content under that hashtag. So they should be able to scroll a bit like right after you post it or maybe like 30 minutes after you post it, they should be able to scroll a little bit in that hashtag and find your post. If they do not find your post for some hashtags, then you are probably shadow banned. Okay? A lot of people start getting low engagement or start getting like a low reach and they automatically think that they've been shadow banned and that's not true. It just means that there's probably like your content can probably be better. So you have to take a look at what you're doing too and take responsibility. It doesn't just because your engagement is low doesn't mean that you're shadow banned, but you do want to go check. Now, if you are shadow banned, if any of those things check out and you are shadow banned, there are a few things you can do. Obviously, go do, you know, go remove all bots. Make sure you delete those third-party apps that you know Instagram is going to be cool with. Stop doing all spammy behavior. So, if you're DMing a bunch of people each day or you're sending a bunch of comments each day, even if it's you doing it, if Instagram thinks it's a bot, then it's going to treat you like you're using a bot. So cease all spammy behavior. Another thing you can do, um, go through your hashtag list. And then another thing that you can do is you can actually reach out to Instagram and say, and don't use the term shadow band, shadow band, but like go to their help page, message them or email them and say, hey, I have a business, this is what I do for my business, and for some reason, people are not seeing my content in the hashtags, and it is affecting my livelihood. And go into detail, you know, I had a friend search me, and they can't find me, like, share what you found, and be like, hey, I've I've stopped, you know, I, I fixed my hashtags, I stopped using this third party, I'm doing my part, please let me know if there's anything else I can do and what I need to do to fix this. You might not get a response back from Instagram, you probably won't, but according to a lot of people who have done this, it ends up being fixed in the next few days. All right, so maybe it's because they stopped the super spammy behavior. Maybe it's because somebody saw that and was able to lift whatever ban was on your feed or whatever. So these are all things that you can be do to be proactive to see if you are shadow banned and to put an end to it. Another thing that I saw that was suggested was to take a break from Instagram. So see all spammy behavior, do all those things, delete the third-party apps, and then maybe take up to seven days off almost like as a reset for your account and then come back fresh doing the right things. All right, so if you do find out that you are shadow banned, it's not the end of the world. Don't let it get you down, but take a step back. Ask yourself, okay, what what is it that I'm doing that Instagram might be perceiving as spammy? Um, obviously, make sure you are shadow banned. If you are, handle it. It can It'll be fixed. And if you aren't, then it's a content issue and you just need to make better content straight up. Okay. Whew. This ended up being a lot longer than I anticipated. Your girl can talk. Okay. I'm going to 
stop talking now for the rest of the day. Just kidding. Can't do that. But I'm done. <laughs> um, I will be back next week with a part two. We have a lot more juicy, juicy, juicy questions to cover for the second half of this. I hope this was helpful for you. If it was, per usual, you know, like, it means the world to me when you share this with your people in your stories. It also is so incredibly helpful for me if you leave a kind review on um, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you, wherever you listen. Like, the best thank you is leaving a kind review. So if you enjoyed this or any episode, that is so helpful. If you just took a few minutes to do that, I would be so appreciative. And, um, and yeah. Uh, okay. I'm done. Love you. Bye. Hey friend. Thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women as possible. And if this episode helped you in any way, you can directly impact my efforts by simply sharing a screenshot of this to your social media or team. Also, if you're looking for additional support, feel free to find me on Instagram at Allie I Reeves and or join the free Six Figure Influencer Facebook group.